Colossians chapter 2 and the verse 3 In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Christ the treasure house, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. The whom here refers to the last person named in the previous verse, that is, to Christ. The whole epistle to the Colossians is about the fullness of Christ and the completeness that is in him. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul would teach us through this epistle, is all you need. He is all and in all. You are complete in him. He is your life. In him is all the fullness. You don't need Christ plus something else. Everything you need for salvation, for eternity, for communion with God and life everlasting, is all found in the Saviour alone. And what is found in Jesus Christ includes, as the words of our text say, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But before we look at this description of what is in Christ, we need to look at ourselves. Before we can know and appreciate the Saviour, we have to know ourselves. And in relation to this matter of wisdom and knowledge, the first thing we need to know is that it is not found in us. This wisdom and knowledge is not found in any mere man. What is more, it will never be found in us to this degree that it is in Jesus Christ all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge are treasures. That's what the text says. The treasures of wisdom and knowledge. They're very valuable. So valuable that men have sought them all their lives. Education is a big thing in human society. Man is ever wanting to learn. Always reading. Always studying. Always investigating. Always investing in university and in science and in discovery. The history of mankind is a history of the pursuit of wisdom and knowledge. Because man knows the value, to some extent at least, of wisdom and knowledge. Man knows that he could do much and attain to much if he had wisdom, if he knew. And so there are fields and fields of knowledge that mankind investigates and studies. There are so many avenues to go down after the pursuit of this. And man always is doing that, pursuing these areas of wisdom and knowledge. And perhaps the Colossians have been enticed to seek human wisdom and human knowledge. They must have an interest in these things, Otherwise, Paul would not mention them. And in the next verse, Paul tells us why he's saying this. He's, he's telling us why he's saying, In Christ is all, are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Verse 4, And this I say, Lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. So the Colossians are being enticed. 
And it must be somehow related to this field of wisdom and knowledge. Maybe they're like the Corinthians. You remember how Paul wrote to the Corinthians and said, I fear lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. So your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And the Colossians are being beguiled as well. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ. And somehow they're being beguiled away from that. Away from that fullness. Away from that simplicity that is in the Saviour. We know how the serpent beguiled Eve. There was a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was forbidden to man on penalty of death. You read about it in Genesis chapter 3. The serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes will be opened, you'll be as gods, knowing good and evil. You'll have this wisdom, you'll have this understanding, you'll have this knowledge. If you just eat of that fruit... And don't listen to what God says. This is another area you can explore and gain knowledge by going down this avenue. And the woman began to look at the tree. She saw that it was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired, to make one wise. So do you see those words? Knowing good and evil, that's knowledge. Desired this tree to make wise, This is wisdom, wisdom and knowledge. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat. The serpent beguiled her. She gave unto her husband. He did eat with her. So knowledge and wisdom, in a way of disobedience to God, was dangled before Eve. The serpent persuaded her. Wisdom was found in it, in eating the forbidden fruit. As if disobeying God would bring wisdom. The devil was a liar. The woman was deceived. And probably the serpent is present in Colossae, dangling other forms of wisdom and knowledge, apart from Christ, before them. Wisdom and knowledge, the devil would say, is concealed. You have to go to the mysteries. You have to go to the hidden arts, to angels, And the spirit world and to revelations apart from Christ. Yes, the devil might say, he's one source of knowledge. But there are other sources. If Christ is the tree of knowledge, he would say, there are other trees too. There are plenty more trees in the forest. Whereby you can become wise and gain knowledge. There are other means and there are other methods of obtaining this higher knowledge. Something like that must have been going on in Colossae. And that is happening today. The Colossian heresy takes more modern forms. But the father of lies is still behind it. There are those who tell us, We cannot submit to the Bible. We cannot believe its claims blindly. We have to test it all with human reason. And if it doesn't compare with human reason and with science, and then, then we should abandon the Bible. Wisdom and knowledge come by human reason, they say. We must find truth in the facts of nature and in science. And we must reject those claims of the scriptures. 
that the scriptures are from God and the scriptures are a source of spiritual knowledge and of the knowledge of everlasting life and the scriptures are sufficient for the knowledge of God and of everlasting life. You must abandon that. You must be open-minded. You must explore science and astronomy and biology and archaeology and all these areas we must pursue and collectively over time the human race will come to all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Not the Bible alone. Bible's not sufficient. Yes, you, you must bring the Bible on board, you must look at it, but you have to uh, compare it and you have to be open-minded. And where science contradicts scripture, well, you have to reject the Bible. And this is how the devil works today. Christians cannot be beguiled in this area. To the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Now it is an age-old question where wisdom is found. And Satan, he had sought to answer that question deceitfully. Job asked that question. He knew the rich value of its treasures. And he inquired where it could be found. Job 28, verse 12. But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? This is an age-old question of man. Where is it found? Where is the place of it? Man knoweth not the price thereof. Neither is it found in the land of the living. The depth saith, it is not in me. And the sea saith, it is not with me. It cannot be gotten for gold. Neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. Cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir, with the precious onyx or the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it, and the exchange of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. For the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it be valued with pure gold. Whence then cometh wisdom? Where is the place of understanding? So here Job, Job knows it's valuable. Job knows it can't be bought. Job knows it's priceless. It's the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And he continually asks, where is it found? Where, where is the place of it? It's not in the sea. The depths are saying, it's not in me. The land is saying, it's not in me. Where is it found? And thus the search of it is the great pursuit of the human race. The treasures of wisdom and knowledge. No man ever finds all its treasures. No man ever possesses all its treasures. There is not one of us who shall ever have all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's not in man. And there are two reasons for that that I will mention. The first is, we are but men. We're creatures. We have just come along lately. We've just been created. We've just been made. We've just been brought into the world. And man was the last to be made in the creation week. He did not witness the creation. He cannot see beyond his eyes. 
our knowledge is necessarily limited because we are limited. Limited in time, limited in space, to one place, limited in abilities. We are just a speck in a vast universe. What can we know? We know nothing of the world of spirits except what God tells us. We don't even know how body and soul is joined together in one man. We don't even know what a soul is. Solomon did not even have all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He had some wisdom in him more than any of us. See the fool he still became. He didn't have all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We read in the Bible of some men and God put wisdom into them. But it was temporary. It was limited. And it was set within certain bounds and in certain fields and areas. Man's limited. And the other reason why no man has all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge is not only that that we're just men, but we're sinners. Our minds are darkened. Our hearts are deformed. We don't incline to wisdom. We incline to foolishness. Men are fools. What does God say about men? These are poor, they are foolish, for they know not the way of the Lord, nor the judgment of their God. They are altogether become brutish and foolish. That's, That's what God thinks of men. What did Paul say about men? When they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. They follow their heart, and their heart's depraved, their heart's foolish, their heart is darkness, and darkened, and they can't see. No treasures of wisdom and knowledge there in the human heart. It's not in us. That which may be known of God is manifested in them. God showed it unto them. But they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. They excluded him out of knowledge. And you can't do that because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. But they they have excluded God out of their thoughts and there's no wisdom in them. There's no proper knowledge in them. And God has given them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. They're not wise. They do things that are wrong and foolish because they're depraved. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light. And so there's no wisdom and knowledge in men. And so darkness covers the earth and gross darkness covers all the people. And that's why Christ is needed. That's why this Saviour is The one who is just the one we need. The Lord who comes, the Lord who shall arise upon us and his glory shall be seen over us. And he bring to us the light and the glory. So under the power of Satan, men are blinded. Blinded by the God of this world. And men who are blinded, they do not contain and they never can contain treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So let us know ourselves. We ourselves are just poor, darkened 
needy sinners. We can read, we can study, we can even come to the scriptures, but we know very little at the end of the day. We're just like those that are groping in the darkness. And certainly that's what the proud evolutionists are doing. The world's wise men, the great men of learning, who reject the Bible and who reject creation and who reject any divine authority. And they're groping in darkness. They're reaching out and they're trying to take and to pluck the knowledge in the thick darkness. But it's impossible. They can never find knowledge in the darkness. They're groping all the time with their hands reached out. But they'll never get the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Apart from Christ. So all its treasures of wisdom and knowledge, vitally important and valuable as they all are, they are not found in any mere man. Now we are ready for our text. Where they are found, and where they are found in all their fullness and in all their completeness, in Christ. As the verse says, in whom? are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Who is Jesus Christ? The unbelievers say Jesus was a very wise man. They they say he could give an answer. He knew how to give an answer. He could teach. Look at the Sermon on the Mount, the liberals say. He had much wisdom. There has been nothing like it. Among men and the liberal scholars who cannot receive the doctrine of the incarnation and the doctrine of the supreme deity of Jesus Christ, they will go as far as to tell us, yes, Jesus was wise. He was a sage. He was a great intellect beyond his time. And in him was wisdom, they would say. But that's not what Paul says. Paul says in whom? are all. Underline that word all. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Not some. Not select parts. Not certain fields and areas. But all. Not only in him. But hid in him. In him in their fullness. In him deep. Going deep down. So deep No man can ever reach to the depths of them. They're in him. In him unsearchable. In him unfathomed. Unknowable. But there they all are. In him. The treasure house of wisdom and knowledge. Jesus had all knowledge. Jesus had all wisdom. He never could make a mistake. He never could commit an error. He never could be deceived. He's all the treasures of wisdom, knowledge. He knew all men, the Bible says. He could say to every Jew, he could look every Jew in the face and he could say, I know you. 
that you have not the love of God in you. We read that Jesus knew their thoughts. And he could say, wherefore think you evil in your hearts. And the apostles discovered this. They, they saw that he had knowledge of all things. Jesus therefore knowing all things that should come upon him. Went forth and said unto them, whom seek ye? In the garden of Gethsemane he knew what was coming. Here they come, we're going now. There's one who betrays me, he knew, he knew beforehand. He knew Peter would deny him thrice. He said, All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son. He has the knowledge of the Father like no one else. And he knows the Father the same way the Father knows him. And he can convey that knowledge to men in his grace. The apostles, after his ascension, they prayed to the Lord Jesus, and they said, Lord, thou which knowest the hearts of all men. That's what they could say. They knew that. They knew that in him were all the treasures of knowledge and wisdom. And so I ask again, who is Jesus Christ? The apostles, whenever they saw his works and his acts, they were amazed and they said, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? And whenever we see him as an infinite treasure chest of wisdom and knowledge, we have to ask the same question. What manner of man is this, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge? And this epistle gives the answer, and the Bible gives the answer. And what does the Bible say? Who is this man? He's the Word. The eternal Word. The incomprehensible Word of God. He's the Word who was with God. He is the Word who made all things. And who is God. He is the Word who was made flesh. And he dwelt among us. He is the Lord from heaven. He is the wisdom from on high. And so Paul is telling us, not just that Christ has some wisdom, but having all wisdom and knowledge, Paul is telling us he is the source, the rich source of these things. He's the treasure house that contains all of these things to disperse them to sinners. Jesus Christ does not just get them. He does not just receive them. He has them. He possesses them. They are stored in him and he gives them out. He is the treasure house who provides these things to sinners. What did Paul say in another epistle? Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. He could write about the depth of the riches, of the wisdom and knowledge. 
And in this epistle to the Colossians, he says, all of those treasures, all of that depth of riches, of wisdom and knowledge, is in Christ hid. Christ is the wisdom of God. And he has made unto us sinners wisdom. What did Paul say when he praises the king, this king? What does he call him? The king eternal, immortal, invisible. The only wise God. As Jude says, to the only wise God, our saviour. He's speaking of Jesus Christ, our Saviour, the only wise God, be glory and majesty. And they are in him because he is eternal. He is before the world. With that wisdom and knowledge, he made all things. There is nothing that he has not seen. For he is before all things, and he upholds all things, not just by power, but by wisdom and knowledge. And he doesn't need to read and explore and search and inquire, because he is God over all. He knows the end from the beginning. He is the counsel of God, the wonderful counselor, as the Bible says, the everlasting counselor, the Lord of hosts, which is wonderful in counsel. Why is he wonderful in counsel? Because he's the treasures of all wisdom and knowledge. And the Lord Jesus was able to say to his disciples, even after he is going to ascend and He's able to tell them, oh, you'll be imprisoned, you'll be persecuted. You're going to worry about what you're going to say. But listen to this. I will give you a mouth and wisdom. I'll give it to you. He's a source. And so I've covered two things with you thus far. First of all, we know ourselves. We're limited creatures. We're, we're limited in wisdom. We're limited in knowledge. And we have remaining darkness, even saints. Limited and remain in darkness. What do we know? So that's the first thing. We know ourselves. And this other thing, we know Christ. If we receive this testimony of his word, we know he is all wisdom, all knowledge, in all its unsearchable richness. It's in him, in him alone, and in him in all fullness. And the third thing is this. Though we cannot have or get or obtain all wisdom and knowledge, we can know him in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And that's the thing. We can never have all these treasures of wisdom and knowledge in ourselves. But they're in him and we can know him. That's the thing. Sinners can believe on him. Sinners can come to him and trust him and put their faith in him and be joined to him and enter into union with him and be in Christ. That's what the child of God is. He's in Christ and he's in the one in whom all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found. 
This counsellor. This Lord who is wonderful in counsel. He can be your Lord and your Saviour. You know, wisdom and knowledge is in a person. And you must be in relationship to that person. It's not in a system. It's not in a legal system. It's not in a religious system. It's not in an intellectual system or, or in an institution. In Christ. In whom? You don't need anyone else. Do you know that sinner? If you have him, having him, you have his spirit. Having him, you have his word. You don't need any other in him. What does this mean? Well, it means for a start that it is foolish and dangerous to reject the Lord Jesus Christ. Wouldn't that be a foolish thing? To reject him in whom are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge hid? Simon Peter thought that was unthinkable. You remember there were many disciples who left Jesus at a time and he said something they couldn't, they just couldn't take that in and they went away. Um, the Lord Jesus said to the apostles, he says, are you going to go away too? And Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. We couldn't possibly reject you, Lord Jesus. We couldn't possibly leave you. You have all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You have the words of everlasting life. We're not for leaving you, Lord. What does Jeremiah say about uh, the wise men of this world? They have rejected the word of the Lord. What wisdom is in them? If you reject the Lord Jesus, the word, there's no wisdom in you. And so you can't reject Christ. You can't leave the Savior. That's folly. You're not going to get wisdom by getting far away from Christ. You're not going to get the knowledge of God and of everlasting life distant from the Savior. No, it's foolish and dangerous to your soul to reject Christ. Don't, don't reject the Savior. Don't be foolish. And then secondly, it means that all the problems and difficulties of your salvation... Your justification, your sanctification, your glorification, those are difficult matters. But he figures them out. He works them out. He brings them to pass. Because he is the one who has all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge to be able to do this. None of us can even begin to comprehend our great salvation. Oh yes, we study it. We study the doctrines of salvation and we delight to do so. The great themes of redemption and justification and adoption into God's family. These are wonderful aspects of salvation. They're great themes. And we study them and we want to know more about them. But what can we comprehend really? Our comprehension is all very little. But we trust Christ. 
and he works it all out. He knows. He has the wisdom. He has the knowledge. He knows how his great salvation works, how it's brought about. He knows how to save. He knows how to sanctify. He knows how to chasten us and what to do with us. And he knows how to get us to the end. He knows because he has all these treasures of knowledge and wisdom. And all we have to do is trust him. Just hand all the business of saving and sanctifying and glorifying us into his hands. He knows how to be an advocate with the Father. We don't know how. We don't have the wisdom and knowledge to be able to come before the Father and be an advocate for ourselves. No, we're just poor, needy sinners at the feet of Jesus who is filled with all this wisdom and knowledge and we can ask him, Lord, you who are the one of the the knowledge and the wisdom and able to be an advocate for me, be my advocate. And he knows. And so, sinner, just rest in Christ. Just trust him. Just follow his word. Just obey him. He knows how to save you. He knows how to keep you. He knows how to get you to glory. Just rest in him. This treasure house. All the fullness is in him. You see what Paul is saying? Don't be beguiled. Don't be enticed away from the simplicity and the fullness that is in Christ. Just believe on him and trust in him. That's the third thing. It means we must just receive his word and trust his word. We must build our whole foundation on it. We must never let our Bibles go. We must never jettison the word of Christ. Although treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hid in him, but he, he doesn't keep them from us. He, he reveals things. He manifests things. And we can study those revelations and those manifestations. He unveils the great things of wisdom and knowledge in his word, through his word. So, I mean, they're hid, but it doesn't mean that they're completely concealed and nothing nothing can be known. No, he speaks. He has given his word over the ages. And we have the Bible. And believers have imparted to them through Christ and by Christ's grace from him, wisdom and knowledge. All his people shall be taught of the Lord. That is why Christians are called the wise, the knowing. Their union to Christ has made them this. The wise man who built his house upon the rock. Those who receive Christ's words and build their life upon his word, they're the wise. They're building on the right foundation. They have knowledge and the wisdom. The Bible says the wise shall inherit glory. Now, of course, there are the world's wise, Mr. Worldly Wise Man, and the Bible does talk about the wisdom of this world and the wise of this world, but the truly wise, the godly wise, shall inherit glory. 
Remember the wise virgins. There were wise virgins and there were foolish virgins. The wise ones took the oil in their vessels with their lamps. What did Daniel say? Daniel 12.10 Many shall be purified and made white and tried. The wicked will do wickedly. None of the wicked shall ever understand. But the wise shall understand. God's people. Those who believe in Jesus. Those who are in union with Jesus Christ. They'll understand. What did John say? First John 5 verse 20. We know that the Son of God has come. And he hath given us an understanding. That we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even in his Son Jesus Christ. This is the true God. And eternal life. That's Christ. The Son of God. He's the true God. And eternal life. And what has he given us? This one in whom are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And we have believed in him. What has he given us? He has given us understanding. He's done it. Studying science didn't do it. Looking through the telescope and studying astronomy didn't do it. Not, not the understanding whereby we know God. And we have eternal life. The knowledge that saves, the wisdom that saves, Christ gave it to us. And so God's people are the wise and they have understanding. Now, they're not faultless. And they're still partially blind. And all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, they haven't even commenced to see it in any great degree or depth. Remember how the, the Lord Jesus uh, had to rebuke his apostles and say, Oh fools, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Sometimes God's people are foolish, slow to believe. They're not like the unbelievers, utterly foolish, utterly unbelieving, but they still have a battle with unbelief and with doubts. The Lord has to say, oh, you're so foolish yet. That's why we have to let the word of Christ dwell in us richly. Doesn't Paul say that in this epistle? Chapter 3, verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom. Get the word into you. It's in Christ, all the wisdom. But you get his word into you. And he's made the manifestation through his word. Remember how Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, From a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And so it's the Lord conveys his treasures of wisdom and knowledge by his Holy Spirit to us through his word. And we should read the word and search the word. And it makes us wise unto the great matter of salvation. That's, that's the thing that matters. That you're saved. That you have everlasting life. That you're right with God. That you're prepared for eternity. That's the great thing that matters. And you need to get the wisdom that brings you to that. And the knowledge that brings you to the knowledge of life everlasting. And it's from Christ. 
And as you study the word, you say, O Lord, give light to a poor darkened sinner. Convey to me your wisdom and knowledge that I might know you and your Father and have this knowledge of the life everlasting. And so it is the law of the Lord that makes wise the simple. It is through the commandments of God that we're made wiser than our enemies. Through the Lord's word. I have more understanding than my, than my teachers, David could say. For thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients. Because I keep thy precepts. So here's a young fellow. He's just come along. And he knows more than all the ancients. Why? Because Christ's word is his portion is his daily bread. And child of God, you need the word. You'll, you'll never have all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, but you have him, you have Christ. Stay close to Christ and just devour his word and he will bring you to the greater understanding and greater knowledge and greater wisdom in the things of God. You don't have to worry about perishing, through your errors and through your feeble knowledge because you're trusting in him. He won't err. He won't make a mistake. He won't fail to bring you to his Father because the one in whom you rest is the very treasure house of wisdom and knowledge. Rest in him. And to him be glory and honour. Amen.